Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Back again once again today, Saturday morning, to talk about Minnesota Wild hockey. The Minnesota Wild go 2-1 and one this week. Two great games against Tampa Bay and Ottawa. Ottawa, the scoring could have been higher, but there were some pretty nice goals in this one. And it's just generally putting the clamps down and getting the job done. That's really all that matters. If you Even if you win one nothing against Ottawa, a win's a win. And then you go down 6-0 to Pittsburgh. So that's why we call this show The Coffee Stain. That's exactly what it was. You have this nice brand new white shirt or whatever kind of shirt it is. We'll say it's a lighter colored because obviously stains show up better or show up more on a light colored shirt. Beautiful shirt, brand new, off to work, and you just spilled coffee all over it. And that's kind of what the Pittsburgh Penguins game was. The Wild ended up losing that one 6-3, to three, but they scored, but they give up the first six goals in the game. Literally caught sleeping about 100 times in that game. Uh, Ryan Suter basically had two goals for Pittsburgh, if you know what I mean. His pucks were literally ricocheted off his skate intentionally, particularly Malkin's goal later in the game. Just ricocheted off his skate because he was in a position that was perfect, I guess. They just used him as a, <laughs> as a as an object to bounce the puck off of. Pretty pretty pathetic, but that's kind of how it goes. Let's enjoy the first couple games, though, after the five-day bye. And now we jump into the, uh, the All-Star Weekend, so we're going to only preview two games. Three games to review, two games to preview. Tampa Bay, January the 20th, Minnesota winning 5-2 to two over the Tampa Bay Lightning and Exhale Energy Center. What a beauty. What an absolute beauty indeed. After getting shut out by Vasilevsky in Tampa Bay about a month ago, a masterful job by the Tampa Bay goaltender. This time around, not so much, but it's more of the Minnesota Wild played great, more than uh, Vasilevsky struggled in the game. Yeah, he gave up four goals. The fifth one is, of course, a empty netter by Jason Zucker, who has been playing significantly better. Remember, he won the Mike Madonna Award last week, and he's on a bit of a goal streak again. Not sure he's going to get the Madonna for this show, but overall, another solid week by Jason Zucker. You're seeing the aggressiveness, you're seeing the speed, and you're seeing the scoring chances. Uh, Marcus Foligno had a masterful goal, a beautiful, beautiful pass by Matt Cullen. Nice job by the fourth line on this play. Tyler Ennis, Matt Cullen uh, getting the assist on this one, but the beautiful pass by Matt Cullen from behind the net, and Foligno with a beautiful wrister. Quick release, that made it 4-1. to one. Jared Spurgeon, a similar kind of type of play. But obviously more of a Spurgeon type of goal, a little further away, and that rifle wrister shot from the little guy. Sixth goal of the season on the power play to open things up. Zach Parisi would finally score his, his first goal of the season, a tip-in off of Ryan Suter's shot. Stahl would also add an assist, but it was so fun, so nice to see. A 2-0 lead over Tampa Bay, but you figure, oh, Tampa's going to come back. 
And, of course, this was Hockey Day Minnesota, so that means Nate Prosser is going to score again, just like he did last year. And this was a beauty. Just barely got it past Vasilevsky. His second goal of the season, Erickson Eck. And Kyle Rao in his first NHL game. Well, actually, no. He, he played a few games of Florida. As you remember, he was a third-round pick with the Florida Panthers. He's now 24 years old. And, of course, having a nice season with the Iowa Wild. A kind of semi-surprise call-up for Kyle Rao because Chris Stewart and Tyler Ennis sometimes get uh, scratched and Marcus Foligno has been playing significantly better. So you figure give Kyle Rao a chance because Stewart hasn't been playing that well and of course Nino Niederreiter's still out. So it's that type of situation. Unfortunately, you're going to see a couple guys getting sent down as Nino Niederreiter will return more than likely after the All-Star break here. Uh, Eric Stahl, of, of course, officially selected to the All-Star game, the only Minnesota Wild player going. And I'm glad it's not Devin Dubnik because we know what happened last year. Uh... It wasn't the only reason he struggled, but it certainly didn't help because you're literally facing a firing squad three-on-three, basically up and down the ice, getting shot at every couple seconds. That was no fun. But Kyle Rowe getting his first assist with the Wild. Again, getting a few games with Florida before eventually he ends up getting let go and turned into, uh, sent to free agency, and the Wild were able to pick him up this summer to either be a fourth-line Minnesota Wild player or top-line Iowa Wild or top-six Iowa Wild player. And he's done a good job down there, other than getting injured early, early, early in the season, starting things out slowly. Uh, Brandon Point finally put Tampa Bay on the board. And then, of course, Marcus Foligno with that beauty. I think that was my favorite goal of the game, to be quite honest, was the Marcus Foligno goalie. Vasilevsky was just kind of caught staring like, you got to be kidding. Uh, Braden Point getting multiple goals in the game, a power play goal to kind of get Tampa back in it. 4-2 game with about, shoot, about 10 minutes or no, more than that. More like 15 minutes remaining in the game. So it's like Tampa Bay still within striking distance. But Devin Dubnik, downright spectacular the whole night. Braden Point, uh, Devin Dubnik was definitely fighting this goal at first. Thought he was interfered with, but it turned out he really wasn't. I mean, he, he wasn't touched. It looked like he was. And then you go from the bird's eye view and he really never was touched. He was just screened basically, and the Tampa Bay Lightning end up making it 4-2, to two. but before that, uh, Devin Dubnik, downright spectacular, one energy type of block after another, great saves by Devin Dubnik throughout the night, <sighs> certainly not a harbinger for what was to come in Pittsburgh, but that's kind of how the Wild have been, uh, I was thinking of, is this a roller coaster, or more of a coffee stain, and I'll say the Pittsburgh Penguins is a coffee stain, uh, because the Wild have been playing significantly better, but jeez, 6 nothing. mm so I guess you're thinking about the All-Star break a little early there. Pittsburgh Penguins had been struggling, and they came in that one and looked like... Whew, they didn't look like the Penguins. They looked like the 80s Oilers. And as good as the Penguins have been, and as good of a team as that is, and they've kind of struggled a bit this year, maybe they're a little too happy with themselves after two straight Stanley Cups. But, uh, yeesh, that was... Uh, I mean, they were getting tic-tac-toed time and again. And, of course, I'm almost making that the feature presentation after the Wild beat Cabba 5-2. So my apologies there. A very fun total team effort by the Wild all the way from, I mean, from Eric Stahl all the way down to the fourth line, and of course Devin Dubnik in that great overall night for the Minnesota Wild. Can't really complain about a whole lot with a 5-2 to two win against Tampa Bay, who's struggling a teeny tiny bit of late, but good teams struggle sometimes as well. You're never going to have a perfect season or anything, or like uh, an almost perfect season. January the 22nd, Monday, 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 January the 22nd, Minnesota beats Ottawa 3-1. to one in what was a very entertaining hockey game for the most part. Alex Stalock got to get in net again. It had been a little while since he'd been in net. But uh, overall, you saw one spectacular play between Granlin and Matt Dumba. That was actually the first <laughs> or the, the third goal of the game for the Wild, but it was certainly the highlight of the night. As literally Dumba and Granlin skated side by side 
and just went right past Eric Carlson, which was quite a shocker. Uh, Eric Carlson's looked on as pretty much the best defenseman in the NHL, skill-wise, and all the above. Just an unbelievable defenseman. And, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Dumba and Granlin went right past him and then did the old give-and-go. Granlin to Dumba, Dumba back to Granlin, and he just put it past Condon, who's struggled this year, but obviously uh, has a bright future, and he has a lot of skill, and he had a pretty damn good game, to be quite honest. Unfortunately, he did give up that third goal, so that hurt his goals against average a bit, but almost 92% save percentage as he faced 36 shots on a very aggressive Minnesota Wild uh, team here. It was an overall very strong game for Yule uh, Erickson, who had chance after chance after chance. He won every face-off as well, 100% of his face-offs, as he'll be talked about a bit more in the second segment. Pavel Bunyan made, uh, writing a pretty nice article and posted it on Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Of course, Pavel Bunyan, it's a name you hear quite a bit from MNW players. A Facebook page and, of course, a website out there where we cover everything from the top uh, top line of the wild all the way down to the fourth line of the ECHL team or the KHL or whatever it is when it comes to Minnesota Wild prospects. Minnesota Wild players and Minnesota Wild prospects. A uh, nice piece about Yule Eriksson Ekow. Uh, Pavel Bonnet definitely wanting to see Yule Eriksson Ekow get more of a green light offensively. He's been playing a very defensive role but a spectacular game against the Ottawa Senators. Wow. Uh, seven shots on goal. Unfortunately, could not get anything past, and he was very aggressive throughout the night. Some really nice chances, but Condon was outstanding. Uh, Kyle Rouse, certainly a quieter night, but he was still a factor, and he's showing some of that speed that he had with the Gophers years ago. Uh, an overall fun game. Uh, Charlie Coyle would get some chances here and there, but never got anything officially on net, but he was great in the face-off circle. Koivu struggled there a teeny bit, but of course, he's gonna when he's there every second, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Mikhail Granlund ending up with a goal and an assist in the game. Koivu had some really, really nice chances in this game as well. Unfortunately, couldn't capitalize. One looked like he, I mean, that's just Koivu in a nutshell, where it looks like he's got the goal, and the goalie tends to make a spectacular save. Koivu does get robbed quite often, but unfortunately, again, I mean, you got to be a little quicker, and Koivu's just not the quickest guy out there anymore. Not that he ever really particularly was. More of a defensive center who's more than capable of making some nice plays, but not necessarily a full-on goal scorer, which what Granlin has become better and better at. Because he's really on pace to have just about the same statistics as last year, where a lot of us thought he was disappointed coming into the season. So that's encouraging. Uh, overall, though, a fun game against the Ottawa Senators, not the not your favorite goal ever from Matt Duchesne, but you know that one kind of squeaked past, and it it happens. It wasn't the worst goal you ever saw, and Matt Duchesne has struggled mightily, so it figures that he's the one that scores after I criticized him a bit on the most recent Brave the Wild, eleventh goal of the season for Ottawa. Matt Duchesne actually tied the game up after Parisi was able to net his second goal again from Eric Stahl and Daniel Winnick on that. Is it the top line? Is it the second line? I guess they call it the second line. But Stahl, to me, is the top center on the team, without a doubt. He's the top player on the team right now. Uh, as Parisi able to finish on a nice feed from Eric Stahl. Winnick also able to get the second assist in the game. Zucker aggressive throughout the night, continuing that goal streak. Now 19 goals on the season as he was able to score with that group again. That top group, the top line, we'll call it, Granlin Koivu. Again, working together on this one. An unbelievable pass from Kyle Granlin. Wow. I mean, just literally across the crease over to Jason Zucker, and he's able to bury it. An incredible pass. As Granlin, I think, is the best passer on the team, but sure, certainly several good passers on this club. Even Jason Zucker is capable of making some of those. Of course, Koivu is what he is. Eric Stahl, 
just make some spectacular plays throughout game in and game out. Uh, we won't even call it spectacular, but just really good hockey plays. Keeping the puck in the zone, keeping it alive, uh, sending the puck across the wall, and you know, which, which can set up plays coming up rather than getting trapped. And, of course, ultimately an odd man rush in the other direction. But an overall fun, fun, solid night defensively for the Wild, despite Mike Condon being pretty good in net for the Ottawa Senators, who have struggled in that struggled defensively throughout the season. Can't imagine Eric Carlson's the happiest guy in the world right now with how things have gone. And man, it's it's too bad because he's a hell of a player. Three to one Minnesota. Speaking of too bad, well, it's the one month one one month uh, since Christmas now, the twenty fifth of January, and boy, Pittsburgh was celebrating Christmas and the Wild were in the season of giving as Ryan Suter would score two goals for Pittsburgh in this game, as again he was used literally it was like they were playing pool or golf, or like miniature golf or whatever, knocking the puck off of Suter's skate multiple times in this game past Devin Dubnik, who was awful. Uh, and it wasn't just Dubnik, of course. The defense in front of him, the forwards and the defensemen in front of him were just sleeping right out of the gate. I mean, Pittsburgh scoring that goal, not even four minutes in the game, tic-tac-toe style, just releasing the puck off of a pass from Sidney Crosby. Dumb, Dominic Simon. Dominic Simon, whoever that is, you know, third goal of the season. Yeah, you don't really hear about Dominic Simon much when you talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins. But it was a nice goal. It went past Devin Dubnik, but then again, I mean, yeah, he was able to raise the puck on a nice tic-tac-toe type play. As usually, you'll see this time and time again. Malkin scoring twice in the power play. And again, Ryan Suter struggling mightily. Uh, Dominic Simon had an unassisted goal later on to make it 6 to nothing. Just a disgusting overall performance from the Wild. Again, the forwards and the defensemen caught sleeping time and time again. Already in the All-Star break. Already in Miami, Hawaii, or just a staycation, whatever it is during the All-Star break. As the Wild will not play again until Tuesday, uh, the 30th of January, against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, goody. That's like the other Penguins right now. Kind of. Kind of. They're, they're still pretty damn good, that's for sure. They certainly have depth. And the Penguins definitely have that. Their, their bottom line still capable of scoring. And they just rolled past the Wild throughout this game. A 6 nothing nightmare. Then Eric Stahl finally got something going. Granlin with a solid play. Zucker managed to keep his point streak alive. He didn't score in the game, and Brodeen able to add his fifth goal of the season. With still a decent amount of time left, as the Wild would have an awesome third period after, after the Penguins scored two more goals to make it 6 nothing. After, yep, again, the second goal by Malkin, again, right off of Suter's skate. Just, you gotta be kidding. Of course, uh, Dubnik replaced after the fourth goal, that was by Brian Dumoulin, third goal of the season. A couple of guys, Carl Haglin, only his fourth goal. But again, those, some of those guys are defensemen. That's one of the reasons why, why the goals numbers are so low. And also other players being called up because of this and that. Uh, didn't see a whole lot of Jake Gensel in this one, that's for sure. Penguins, uh, Jake Gensel's definitely struggled. And he's missed some time during this season. Ultimately, Genzel not in this game at all. Actually, he was, but you didn't see him a whole lot. He brought way down to the fourth line and second lowest uh, forward in terms of time on ice in the game. Not even 11 minutes on ice. Jake Genzel definitely much quieter now after a nice, promising start to his career. But still, I'm sure he'll get he'll get caught up again. As Of course, that tends to happen in hockey. You get the nice burst early on, and then you're really, really quiet down, kind of like Eul Erickson who hasn't scored since the season opener. And remember last year, he scored early and often for the Wild, and then eventually went back to Sweden, and then came to Iowa at the end of the year, played with Minnesota for a teeny tiny bit, and yeah, he hasn't been much of a scorer in the league, but again, a wonderful game against Ottawa. Certainly didn't play so well 
Washington against the Penguins, and believe it or not, this would be his last game with the Minnesota Wild for now, as Yul Eriksson Ek and Kyle Raub have been sent down to Iowa. So Kyle Raub back to Iowa, unfortunately, and Yul Eriksson Ek down to Iowa as well. I don't know if it's because they're trying to get him to get that scoring touch going, but again, Pavel Blunet will tell you they're not really setting him up for that. They're pretty much putting him in a defensive role. Then again, I mean, you got to think, on the third line, you could still score. I mean, it's not like... I think three lines on this team can score. Even the fourth line can score a little bit. But, I mean, when you have guys like Charlie Coyle, Zach Parisi, or is it Folino or whoever, because it does tend to change around back and forth. Kyle Rau, I suppose, as he played with Yul uh, Eriksson Ek, but down they go back to Iowa, where Yul Eriksson Ek has been downright fantastic scoring there. I mean, he's got to be the top player on the team pretty much when he's on the Iowa Wild. Him and other than Cal O'Reilly and uh, O'Connor down there with the Iowa Wildest. Those guys are career minor leaguers, so you're not expecting a whole lot of great things from them at the NHL level. They'll be lucky to be on the fourth line, unfortunately. Uh, God forbid, you know, cups of coffee here and there when players are injured or maybe you're really, really super frustrated with somebody and send them down. But that's kind of how things go there. So let's wrap up this segment a bit here with the uh, Mike Madonna and James Shepard Memorial. Mike Madonna award for this show. It's kind of tough. Is it Eric Stahl for making the All-Star team? Is it Zucker for continuing the point streak? Or is it Granlin just for being, you know, for being outstanding pretty much most of the week? I'm going to give it to Mikhail Granlin. That was a spectacular play with Dumba. An overall icky game for just about everybody. Uh, Brodine and Dumba were on the ice for a lot of the Pittsburgh goals, and it seemed like they were completely out of position. Suter was terrible in the Pittsburgh game as well. Again, just in the wrong place, wrong time. Sometimes it's bad luck, but eventually it gets to a point where it happens too often for it to be bad luck. So unfortunately, Ryan Suter is going to pick up the James Shepard Memorial for this episode. That might be a bit little jerky on my part, but I'm going to have to give it to him because Suter, you know, it's just, I don't know. You're not seeing what you want to see out of him sometimes. And again, whenever the Wilds stink, he's one of the reasons they stink. And this is, he's one of the main reasons they stink. And that's what kind of happened in this Pittsburgh game. Of course, you could say it's the whole team just kind of was caught sleeping. And not a good homecoming for Matt Collin, even though he's from here. But a return to Pittsburgh after two Stanley Cup seasons with the Penguins. Not the kind of uh, return he wanted to, uh, to see. Yuck uh, for that Minnesota Wild fourth line with Tyler Ennis and Daniel Winnick in this game. So, yes. Uh, actually, it was Foligno. No, it was Ennis and Foligno. Winnick has been up with uh, with uh, Stahl and Parisi most of the time, but occasionally see some fourth line or some penalty kill minutes as well. But not certainly not as many minutes as Parisi and Stahl on the power play or penalty kill on occasion. So, that pretty much would wrap up this segment. A two-in-one week. Not bad. It's just it finished really awful. And it was disheartening. Very disheartening. They spilled coffee all over their brand new shirt. They're right, just about ready to go to work. They were going to be on time, maybe even a few minutes early, and feel just good, energy, ready to start the day, and wham. Well, now you're going to probably be a little bit late. You've got to change the shirt. You have to probably get the stain out of the damn shirt. I don't know if it's going to come out that easily. That's what the Pittsburgh Penguins game was, the coffee stain. So there it is, segment number one. We'll be back to preview a couple games and then talk about the prospects in segment number two. We are 
are back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two, we're going to preview Columbus and the Vegas Golden Knights coming up. So, pretty fun matchups. Tuesday, January the 30th, the last game for the month of January. Post-All-Star break, hopefully Eric Stahl had played well and got the MVP or something close to it in the game. We'll, we'll find out, we'll find out. But uh, Minnesota Wild lost back on the 14th of October, way, way back at the beginning of the season, practically, an entertaining 5-4 to four loss in Excel Energy Center. Now the Wild head to Columbus, Ohio, John Tortorella, blah, 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 bleep this reporter, bleep that reporter, I know what I'm bleeping doing, bleep you, bleep, bleep, bleep. Yes, that's that's John Tortorella, and the Columbus Blue Jackets are bleeping good. Uh, so this is the rubber match of the two, 5-4 to four loss. Last time around, as the Minnesota Wilds struggled in net early and often this season, for the most part, particularly early. Uh, I remember Chris Stewart was on a tear very early there. Tyler Ennis had his first goal in the game. Stahl had his third. Tyler Ennis actually had two goals in the game. One of them off his skate. The other, I can't remember exactly. Kind of a lucky boots, but both of them were power play goals. But uh, definitely one of them off the skate. This time it wasn't uh, Mr. <laughs> this time it wasn't Ryan Stewart getting a puck off his skate. This was a positive one where Ennis was not called for... Uh, uh, kicking the puck in the net and so forth. Uh, Cam Atkinson, who's struggled most of the season, he ended up getting the Columbus Blue Jackets back in the game. The Wild were up 4-2 to two after Taylor Ennis' second goal. A lot of us thought we were going to win the game, and then things went south very quickly. <sighs> and that was very disheartening. Uh, Sergio Bobrovsky, the Wild were scoring on him. Dubnik not so hot during the stretch as the Columbus Blue Jackets scored three goals in a row there. Uh Columbus ended up getting it in overtime, so the Wild did get a point, but only 47 seconds into overtime. Alexander Winneberg scored his first goal of the season, and the former Blackhawk Panarin is is uh, yep, back with Columbus now, or is with Columbus now anyway, as Brandon Saad, Evil Otto, returns to Chicago for hopefully to return to Stanley Cup glory, which doesn't appear they're heading that direction. Columbus Blue Jackets, yeah, they're they're up there. They're one of the better teams still. Not quite as good as last season, but they're still good. They're second place in that Metropolitan Division, which is a good thing. Uh, that's a really good thing. They're a division leader, 57 points on the season. 57 doesn't look all that great, though, as the Wild would have a Wild are pretty close to that, believe it or not. The whole division is outstanding. I've talked about it before. Carolina's three games above 500, 52 points. That's the last place team in the division. Islanders, 25 and 20. Rangers, 25 and 20. Philadelphia, 24 17. New Jersey, 24-16. Look at 56 points for those guys. Pittsburgh, Columbus, 57. And Washington leading the way again with 63 points. And they'll probably not even get to the conference finals, but we'll see. Sergei Bavrovsky has been good throughout the season. He was even better last year, but four shutouts on the season. Less than 2.5 goals against average. 92 even save percentage. Yeah, they have an okay backup goalie in Junis Koparasolo. But, uh, you know, he's okay, he's adequate, but of course you want to have Bobrovsky in there most of the time. Big Bob, Sergey Bob, or whatever you want to call him. He's been strong most of the year. Columbus, more of a defensive, physical type of team with some scoring. Cam Atkinson has vanished up the face of the planet. I mean, only 14 points, and he's missed about 16 games on the season. Yuck, only 33 games for Cam Atkinson. Certainly not the kind of year he had last year, as he was downright fantastic for this upstart Columbus team. And... Artemi Panarin, who scored against the Wild multiple times last season with the Blackhawks, scored against the Wild with the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's leading the club in scoring 12 goals on the season. Certainly the scoring is down, but they're still winning games. They're just keeping the games fairly low, but Columbus has not played well of late, including getting walloped by the Vegas Golden Knights, the Wild's next opponent after Columbus. A 3-1 loss at Buffalo. Yuck. Of course, uh, two, and five, two, two out of their last five, two and three, 
for the Columbus Blue Jackets, three to one to Buffalo. Yuck, five to two at home against Vancouver. Oh, they're not playing well. Uh-uh. Uh, they beat Dallas though at home, two to one. That's good. Six to three smushing at the hands of Vegas, and then a two to one loss at Arizona. Well, you know the Wild will be. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about Vegas in a minute here. Let's focus on this one. A. Let's focus on this game. Uh, a winnable game, yes. But this team has played very well against the Wild forever, pretty much forever. The Wild almost never play well against this team, dating back to 2000-ish. It's been a back-and-forth back and, back and situation. You've had some yucky games. Then you had a little run for the Wild for a few years. As of course, this is an Eastern Conference team, so you don't play them that often, only twice a season. And for a while, when the schedule was uneven, sometimes you'd play them once a year. It was pretty weird. Um, the Wild will be hosting the Knights, the Golden Knights, on NBC Sports on Friday. That is kind of cool. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to that one, February the 2nd. Yeah, before the Super Bowl, and yay, it's here, but boo, the Vikings didn't make it, and that sucks, hardcore, just sucks. Um, and that's the first of a back-to-back, so will Stalock be against the Stars or against the Knights? I gotta think Dubnik will go against the Golden Knights, and Stalock will go against the Dallas Stars. That's my humble opinion, that's my guess. Then you get Super Bowl weekend, and nobody wants to compete with that, and the Wild will play their next game on NBC Sports again, Tuesday, uh, against the St. Louis Blues, against Mike Yo as the struggling Blues are dropping off a little bit. But, whew, this is a tough division. The Wild actually have 57 points on the season. So, same record as the Penguins, believe it or not. But, yeah, the division's really tough to deal with. And the Blackhawks, four games above 500. You're not a division with 53 there. 53 there. Winnipeg and Nashville definitely duking it out there. And even Dallas and Colorado. Ugh. Too tough. It's going to be a tough time making the playoffs. But if you're going to make the postseason, these are the kind of games you got to win. You got to keep playing strong, keep playing well. Nick Felino, the older and better version of uh, Marcus Felino, I guess you could say, 21 points. He's not scored that much. You know, it's just. I don't think the Wild are going to start the season 2-0 against the Golden Knights, and you, you got to win this one. And I'm hoping and praying and stepping out in good faith that the Minnesota Wild will beat this struggling. Columbus team. You know, the Wild were playing a Penguins team that hadn't been playing so well, and then they looked like the Edmonton Oilers in 1988, 1986, 87, whatever it was, 84. They just looked unbelievable. I mean, they looked like the 80s Oilers in that game. Tic-tac-toe, up and down the ice, goal. I mean, what the hell? Like, modernized version, because, of course, the NHL is a bit faster than it was back then. But the skill level, the skill level was higher on that Oilers team than an average NHL team these days. In fact, not even close. The skill level was off the charts because you had superstars, particularly on the top line and the power play back in those days. Um, that team could score on anybody, you know, up and down the ice. They could score on anybody. And that's what the Penguins looked like against the Wild, at the very least. This is a winnable game, and I think the Wild will pull off a fairly close one. Devin Dubnik more than likely will be in that, and i got to think he's going to want to rebound after that awful Pittsburgh game. 3-2 Minnesota. The most likely guy to score in the game for me is going to be... Yep, I'll save the other guy for the Vegas game. The other guy. I think you guys know who that is already. The guy who's been on a point streak. I think that guy will get another point in this game. Jason Zucker is the name, okay? The Vegas native. Um... The guy most likely to score in this game for me is going to be... I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm debating between Parisi and Granlin. I'll go with Granlin. I think he's going to continue his well, uh, his, his good play. And, of course, that line's been playing great. I think Zucker and Koivu will get an assist on that one. I do expect that top line to continue to score. In Columbus, a 3-2 to victory. The Wild will 
will have a solid game against Bobrovsky. Maybe it'll go to OT, shootout, whatever, and the Wild end up with a 3-2 to two score. But two pucks will get past Devin Dubnik. More than likely, Panarin <laughs> will we'll get the goal because it's just anybody with Blackhawks ties tends to score against the Minnesota Wild. It doesn't take a whole lot of rocket science to figure that out. It's just what it is. The Blackhawks own the Wild, and we know it. So, yeah, they pretty much have forever. Well, not forever, but since they started to get better because <laughs> they stunk for quite a while when the Wild started off. In fact, we used to kick their butts back in the day because they had guys that were all minor leaguers in that club for the longest time. And we know how things turned out because of those high draft picks. I think we have an idea. Minnesota wins the game, though. Two points for Minnesota. Minnesota will then host the Vegas Golden Knights for the second time this year. No visit to Vegas just yet. Because this is a game that's been advertised all over the place. People excited about this one. NBC Sports. It's going to be fun. And the Vegas Golden Knights are fun. They're an excellent team in the Western Conference. They're third in the NHL in goals. Fifth in goals against. Wow, awesome. Power plays only 21st. Penalty kills 13th. Penalty minutes, second. So, yes, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights have been outstanding. They've been outstanding without a doubt. Marc-Andre Fleury, less than two goals a game. Look at his save percentage. God, if only he, if, if he did this for the Pittsburgh Penguins, they would win like five cups in a row. I mean, it's unbelievable. Marc-Andre Fleury has stepped up big time. And, of course, his counterpart, Andy Murray, who really helped those Pittsburgh Penguins win those two cups, particularly the first one. When uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was frustrated, he, he went from starter to backup and things went south hardcore with Marc-Andre Fleury. They put him in a game and he was just mediocre behind and Andy Murray would dominate. Interesting to see the Vegas Knights lost their last game, but well, you got to lose sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, goals against average 1.77, save percentage over 94, two shutouts. And he yes, he missed a significant amount of time, but he's now already passed uh, Malcolm Subban and Maxime Legace, not Manny Legace, and Maxime Legace with uh, goals, or with, with games in net now starts. 18 starts on the season, 12-4 and four record. Malcolm Subban, too, man. 11-2 and two on the season, and one of his two regulation losses were in Minnesota. Can you believe that? Marc-Andre Fleury more than likely will be a net for this outstanding Vegas team. I mean, Mar Marcia Salt is the leading scorer so far. 17 goals. He's not the leading goal scorer, though. 46 points overall, plus minus of 20 bleeping two. William Carlson, who did factor in the goal scoring against the Minnesota last time around, 42 points, 27 goals, and a plus-minus of 26. That is some freaking insanity. Uh, remember the Minnesota Wild, what they had? I don't even think we had a single player on that roster score 46 points for the season. You remember Scott Pellerin and all those guys, Curtis LeCision? Of course, Marion Gabrick had, what, 36? I think he led the team in scoring, about 36, right? Yeah, Marion Gabrick was the leading scorer for that team as a, as a young rookie with not a whole lot around him. Uh, Andrew Brunette hadn't come yet. Jim Dowell was all right, but he was just all right. And Wes Walls is a, was a stud defense, uh, defensive center, third-line, checking-line guy with Calgary and, of course, with Minnesota and other teams and obviously had been sent down and underrated. And That's a guy who was vastly underrated. He should have been in the NHL longer than he was. But, uh, man... Mm. He should have been in the NHL for a longer period of time before he came to Minnesota. Look at these guys, though. Talk about making the most of the opportunity. And a lot of them were already halfway decent players for other teams. And then you have Eric Halla, <laughs> who had some decent numbers under Jean Torchetti and into Bruce Boudreaux. But then the frustration would set in, the inconsistency. 
And then you have a guy with 17 goals, 18 assists, 35 points in only 44 games. And obviously it's not because he missed time. It's Well, he missed some time, but uh, it's just the spectacular numbers. He's on course for about 60 points this year, uh, when, uh, all, up to almost 30 goals on the season. Eric Bleepenhalla. Remember Eric Halla? Remember? Yeah, and he's he's been the second-line center for the club most of the time. He's second on the team in face-offs. That's insane. That's how long he's been on the ice. The minutes, his shooting percentage is one of the top on the team. In fact, second on the team. That's freaking crazy. Oh, Eric Halla, I wish you were here and playing like that with the Minnesota Wild. Oh, my God. Yeah, and you know what? Dumba has improved, and he was very aggressive against Ottawa. He did wonderful against the Ottawa Senators. He did wonderful against the... Tampa Bay Lightning, and just about everybody stunk against Pittsburgh, except maybe Eric Stahl, maybe Granlund, but that's about it. But generally speaking, the whole team stunk in that game, so you can't really say anybody was uh, standing out in a positive way. Alex Tuck giving up in that uh, whole situation where we had just had to protect Matt Dumba. Alex Tuck with 22 points, 9 of those goals for the Vegas Golden Knights. The number one team in the Western Conference. They've won 3 out of their last 5. They beat the Tampa Bay Bleeding Bleeping Lightning five, uh, four to one. Part of me lost to Florida on a back to back, so that's a situation you can kind of understand. It's a back to back, four to three loss in Florida for some freaking reason. I don't know why. Nobody, Florida's just weird. The Florida Panthers, when they're the second team on that back to back, they always seem to come up on you. And then Carolina, who's been okay this year, the the Golden Knights crushed them on the road five to one. They crushed the Columbus Blue Jackets a couple nights later. And then two nights later, most recently, 2-1 to one loss to the New York Islanders. Interesting. So, Vegas Golden Knights on a massive, massive road trip here. Minnesota Wild right in the middle of it. A six-game road trip getting started January 30th after the All-Star break. Calgary Flames, and then Winnipeg, and then to Minnesota, then to Washington, Pittsburgh, and San Jose. Yuck. So, this could be a road trip that either brings the Golden Knights down to earth, or it makes them the number one team in the NHL. Because if they play, if they win four out of five, out of six or so in that, in that road trip, even more than that, five and one or something like that, they're the best team in the NHL, and there's no question about it. They might be a Stanley Cup contender this year. I'm extremely impressed. Maybe they're the, dare I say, too soon, the Philadelphia Eagles of hockey. <laughs> yeah, the team that people didn't really think were as good as they were. You know, even when uh, Mr. Carson Wentz was healthy, people didn't think they were going to be 13 and three, 14 and two this year. And uh, look at the uh, San Jose, look at the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, it just goes on and on. I mean, David Perron, former St. Louis Blues, 41 points. He's on pace for about 70-something. I mean, that's crazy stuff. Good goaltending, good scoring, up and down the ice. You can't really ask for more than that. You really can't. I mean, Golden Knights are doing fantastic. And I think they beat the Wild on the road. 4-2 uh, to victory for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Jason Zucker will score in the game. Some nice play from uh, Granlund again. Something like that. Jason Zucker, or he'll get on the breakaway. Something along those lines. Hopefully Parisi can add another. Something like that. But uh, Minnesota will not win the game. 4-2 to victory for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I don't see Dubnik having a good game against the Golden Knights this time around. Um, of course, that was Alex Stalock, who was fantastic against Malcolm Supan. Two backup goalies who were playing very well at the time. But the Wild had a wonderful game against the Golden Knights. Don't think that that's going to continue as the season series started not too long ago. Let's look at the uh, season series here. 
And then we'll continue. This is a three-game series because they're out of the division. Minnesota, sure, you, I mean, you win the game, you win the series, and, of course, then you go to Las Vegas finally for the first time on Friday the 16th of March. So finally the Wild will visit Las Vegas as an NHL team for the first time. So there it is. We'll finally get to see their their, their brand-new spanking uh, arena that they paid big bucks for, of course, and they paid big bucks to start the franchise. And Yeah, and the city of Las Vegas obviously helped pay for it, I'm sure. Obviously, that's usually how it goes. It just is what it is. I mean, you, I, I can't complain about it. I, I mean, I want the arena or I want my Excel uh, Energy Center. I would hate to see anything happen. I don't think it ever will. I pray to God that's done and dusted, as they say in Australia. So, yes, uh, will Minnesota win the season series? I hope so, but I don't know. This is Vegas' chance to even things up here and prevent that from happening. For me, Vegas beats the Wild 4-2 to two in Excel Energy Center coming up. It's going to be an entertaining deal there. Let's get into prospect conversation, ladies and gentlemen. So, here we go. Uh, the Iowa Wild, again, kind of a... They've been playing well. i, I got to tell you, they've been playing well. That's for damn sure. As we continue here, Cal O'Reilly still leading the team in scoring. Sam Anasto adding assists this week. Not so much with the goals, but the assists. He's at 15 goals. I believe he did score since the last show. Justin Kloos had a couple of goals recently, including an overtime winner. I totally see him as the fourth-line center for the Minnesota Wild coming up. I do. I, I think he'll be the fourth-line center after Matt Collin uh, probably more than likely retires after this season. I don't think he'll be back with the Wild next year. Kyle Rao now back with... Iowa uh, did not get in the game yet yesterday, so because uh, actually Iowa played on Thursday and 11, uh, 11 goals in the season so far for Kyle Rao, Zach Mitchell still continuing to pretty much keep his points and games played about the same, about a point a game there, slightly less. Brennan Mennell's been a bit on a bit of a tear. He's been getting multiple assists the past couple weeks here. 18 points now on the year is a young Brennan Mennell who I do think will skate for the Minnesota Wild soon. I think he'll skate for the Minnesota Wild as soon as next year, possibly, if we're looking for a right-shot defenseman. It depends on how much you want to bring Nate Prosser back. I like Nate Prosser an awful lot, but I would not be surprised if Brendan Mendel skates with the Wild at some point. Him or uh, Ryan Murphy, and now Brendan Mendel's actually passed Ryan Murphy in the scoring. Of course, he's got 10 more games played than Ryan Murphy. Gerald Mayhew, the other the other guy on that top line for the Iowa Wild, of course, Samanas, Justin Kloos spectacular chemistry between those two guys leading this club. And Gerald Mayhew actually had a pretty good week. Uh, he's, he's only got 15 points on the season. He's kind of like the Daniel Winnick, you could say, when it comes to Parisi, uh, stall, that type of situation. But hey, you know, solid. Uh, Mario Lucia continuing to struggle, not getting any points. Now at, uh, still at 13 points. He did get a seventh assist more, most recently, if, if anything. Carson Soucy has now tied Nick Suler, Sealer, pardon me, with his seventh assist during the course of the week. And of course, again, I say, of course, too much. Yul <laughs> Eriksson-Eck back with Iowa. He's got seven points on the season in the seven games he's been down there. And, of course, those are all earlier in the season for the 20-year-old. Uh, the only guy younger on the team is Luke Cunning. Uh, the only guy younger uh, other than, uh, of course, Brennan Mendel and Yul Eriksson-Eck. Of course, every one of those guys will be with the Minnesota Wild at some point. Yul Eriksson-Eck and Luke Cunning mid-first-round picks. And Brennan Mendel undrafted at this point, of course. Yeah, I mean, un undrafted out of Woodbury, Woodbury, Minnesota from St. Thomas University. He's definitely emerged nicely, and Iowa picked him up in the offseason. Or should I say Minnesota did, and then put him into Iowa. And he has been a wonderful little story so far. Literally little, kind of like, uh, again... <laughs> he, he's, he's taller than uh, Spurgeon, but still not that tall. Only 5'11", kind of like Zach Parisi. Very solid, though, during the course of the week. 
uh, goaltending so far down there. I don't see any goaltender of the future for the Wild necessarily, unless it's Steve uh, Michalik. Uh, Swedberg has been adequate uh, pretty much. They're both the same. I mean, Swedberg's the only one of the two with a shutout on the season, even though C.J. Mate added a shutout at one point earlier in the year, as most of his ice time has been in the ECHL. Dave Michael, doing a good job, though. Uh, Pavel Jennings sent back down as he did score a goal in the, one of the three games he was with the AHL, the Iowa Wild, sent back down to the ECHL. Two goals and an assist last night for the Rapid City Rush. Good for him. So he's definitely stepped up once again. I don't know if he's ticked off or what happened. Chase Lang also strong, strong week with the, uh, or strong game with the Rapid City Rush. Had three points, also three assists in the game. Spectacular for him. 24 points so far on the year for uh, Pavel Jenny. Says he's back with the Rapid City Rush again. 24 points in 30 games. 14 of them goals. Good for him. Nice to see Pavel Jenny stepping up. Of course, Chase Lang also taken in that same draft. 2014 in the sixth round. He's also struggled so far. But a big game most recently as he was sent from the AHL down to the ECHL. A couple of weeks back, and he had three assists last night. He's now got six assists on the year for ECHL, nine points in 11 games. So good for those guys. At least they're stepping up despite being sent down to the ECHL, which is frustrating, I, I got to think. But it kind of is what it is. I mean, what do you do? Uh, Brandon Dehane usually tends to get at least one assist every game, it seems like, lately. He's at 17 points. He was taken, remember, last year. Ultimately, uh, 2016, yep, the, the draft before last year, we'll say in the fourth round. He's at 17 points, 12 of them assists for Providence College as we look into the college players. Jordan Greenway, you know, Boston University scored eight goals last night, eight. And Jordan Greenway only got one assist out of it. He's been playing center, and that's one of the reasons he gets more assists than anything else. He does have 22 points in 25 games, so his numbers definitely, definitely on a higher pace than last season. That's the good part, but... Oh, he only got one assist in an eight-goal game. That's kind of depressing. Uh, Luis Belpedio did not add any points last night for Miami, who also had a pretty good game as well. Only, well, yeah, I mean, no points last night. He's now at 20 in 23 games as he's been stuck at 20 the last week or so, unfortunately, for him. But that just kind of is what it is. The good news is Nick Sweeney is back with the Minnesota, with Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, and he had a couple assists last night. He's... Definitely more of an assist guy than a goal scorer, but he's putting points on the board, and that's good news. And Josh, he's a seventh-round pick, as the Wild may have gotten another good seventh-round pick here. Nick Sweeney, out of Lakeville, Minnesota, 20 years old, of course. 15 points in the 18 games he played with Minnesota Duluth. He's missed three games with an undisclosed injury, whatever that means. Ivan Ladia, who'd been quiet, and he finally added another goal. <laughs> He'd been quiet a bit of late, but still more points than games played, and that's good. 20 goals on the season, 51 total points for the Erie Otters. Sokolov, another one. 6-3 to three victory, and he just got an assist. What the hell is this? Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on. You see, them, you, you see the team he's on, and, and, the, and the, they get a blowout, and he doesn't do anything, and that's frustrating. But overall, a good week, though. And a good tenure so far for Sokolov. He's at two points a game, literally at two points a game. Or, yeah, close enough, 13 points in seven games. He did not get two points last night, and that's what hurt him a little bit. He's been phenomenal with the Barry Colts. Again, much better than that awful Sudbury Wolves team, and that's who they crushed last night. Jacob Golden, another blowout for the Linden Knights, and oh, he got an assist. Ah, Jacob Golden, again, the Mr. Stay-at-home defense and out of Toronto, Ontario. Fifth round pick for the Wild last June. Six points on the year, so all, all assists, of course, or at least he's getting something. Again, he's a stay-at-home guy, but again, a solid, solid uh, season for him for the London Knights. 
We'll look at uh, Andrei Svetlakov. Uh, still pretty quiet over there in the KHL. Still at 17 points in 37 games. Not putting up the big numbers yet. <sighs> Definitely not as exciting as Kirill Kaprizov, but well, we talk about him enough. Kirill Kaprizov, obviously, we're sitting and hoping and waiting. Hoping he'll continue to, uh, uh, or, I mean, ho ho hoping we'll be able to get him here and that we'll continue to uh, have dialogue with him and bring him over to Minnesota one of these days. Or Yeah, he will never play for the Iowa Wild. If he's going to be here, it'll be only with Minnesota. 40 points in 36, or 46 games, pardon me, 15 of those goals for CSKA Moscow, who is trying to hold on to him for dear life, unfortunately for us. <laughs> Gustav Olsson has been in, uh, has been the bottom pairing defense with Nate Prosser pretty much the last two weeks, and I think he's done a good job for the Minnesota Wild also. He's obviously a prospect who's already on the Wild, but we don't talk about him all that much. He's got some nice shots on goal. He's, he's flashed a little bit more the past couple weeks, particularly this last week. I've seen improvement out of Gustav Olsson. He's getting more comfortable in his shoes now at the NHL level. He looks like an NHL defenseman now, but not a whole lot beyond that is uh, Gustav Olsson, I'd have to say. Uh, not a whole lot beyond, like, he's in the NHL, but, yeah, like, how good is he uh, so far? I mean, a plus-minus of minus one is not that bad. It's not that good either, but still, he's, he's hanging in there. He's not getting his ass kicked. He's not getting embarrassed, so good for Gustav Olofsson in that sense. Still yet to score a goal at the NHL level, two points with Minnesota so far. Uh, just I'm just commenting on basically how Gustav Olofsson has done to this point with the Wild. I, I, I wanted to backtrack. I was going to talk about it earlier, and I never did. So I just had to kind of step back and talk about Gustav Olsson a little bit. It looks like the Wild are... I mean, either they're showcasing Gustav Olsson before the trade deadline, or they're much more comfortable with him than Mike Riley. Uh, Riley had seven points early, early in the season, and you're all excited about it. Uh, not, I shouldn't say excited about it, but it's like you're seeing a much better player than last year. And then it just has been stuck at seven points forever, and now he's getting very inconsistent play. Of course, the arrival of Nate Prosser has not helped his cause, but again, he's a left-shot defenseman, and there's a bajillion left-shot defensemen, not only on the Minnesota Wild, but in the system as well. So right-shot defensemen are, are, are gold, and you're excited to see guys like Brendan Mendel and Luis Belpedio in the system developing into what could be some nice uh, right shot defensemen to help take over positions on the wild at some point maybe if the wild decide to trade away Matt Dumba which could which could happen you have Brennan Mendel Luis Belpedio to take those spots potentially in the coming years here so we'll see how things develop with that I want to talk briefly well kind of semi briefly about uh Yul Eriksson-Eck, of course, again, sent down to Iowa. And some interesting stuff brought up by Pavel Bernard out of the Czech Republic. Again, MNW players, MNW players. I'll give the shout-out right now on Facebook. Look it up, facebook.com forward slash MNW players. Like and follow that Facebook page and join it, conversate. A lot of you have definitely uh, jumped on board that, and I do appreciate that. It's a good website, and again, it'll get the wheels turning again in time as uh, Pablo Bunyat's been very busy with his job. He's been doing a lot of posting on Minnesota Wild Hardcore. I, I also continue to, uh, I also encourage you to join that page as well, as you'll see a lot of Pablo Bunyat there posting his good writing skills there out of the Czech Republic. Just loves the game of hockey, and I love what he brings. He's a, he's a, he's a good friend, nice, nice young guy out of the Czech Republic there. Also, Merrick Skyba, a part of MNW players and a cool guy as well out of the same country there. So, again, he was thinking about Yul Eriksson-Eck and had a lot to say. He's frustrated that Yul uh, Eriksson-Eck is in the in the uh, defensive role. I posted what he wrote on on the Brave the Wild page, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. 
facebook.com forward slash brave the wild do go there follow that or like it whatever and read the read what uh, Pavel Bunet had to write it's a blog you could say a blog or article like internet article basically is what you can call it very well written and very interesting stuff um he talks about how Yule Eriksson X uh, offensive productivity is depressing. Yes, yeah, only one goal, six assists. He did get an assist kind of recently, which was nice. That's, again, in 41 games. That's literally half a season in the NHL level, literally half an NHL season. Uh, he does believe that Yule Eriksson X should, uh, should be a power play guy, either at uh, wing or center, as he was before. Definitely shows a lot of uh, talent. The forechecking, skating, defense, he's been wonderful with that. He's been absolutely spectacular. Uh, he talks about only 11 goals against in the 41 games when Eriksson has been on the ice. Only 11. That's insane. Uh, 1.6 goals against per 60 minutes. That That's crazy. Uh, Charlie Quayle's at 2.6. Stewart, 3.1. Koibu, 2.3. Eck is the best defensive player at, at, at full strength, 5-5. Five five. Incredible. So that's really a good sign in that sense. But is he going to be just another Koivu where Ko- Koivu's a good player and everything, don't get me wrong, but you wanted to see more of the scoring skills. And you know Erickson Eck has probably got more scoring skills than uh, Miko Koivu, who is always on the freaking power play. It'd be nice to see Yul Erickson Eck. If, if his defense is actually better than Koivu's, then you should be able to feel confident to have him out there in those situations because Koivu's not a scorer. So what, what, what are we afraid of? It seems like everybody wants the veteran out there and you don't want to disrespect the veteran. But maybe Euler's and X should at least be centering the uh, second power play unit sometimes, you know? Why not? At least the second power play unit. Give them a little time out there. Give them some time out there in that. Um, the Corsi Index, all shot for minus shots against minus one. Yeah, people saying, oh, that's not the best number, of course. Granlin's plus uh, 7.1, and that's the best. Uh, he was saying, oh, X on the third line, only defense. And almost no goals against, still a minus one difference. So again, yep, you want more offense out of uh, uh, Erickson. And you saw seven shots in net recently. Very interesting indeed. Um, he was saying also he's got 74 shots overall. One of the most, uh, he's, he's one of the, he's got one of the most shots on goal so far per 60 minutes. Only still Granlin and Zucker. Clay would have more than, than him so far when it comes to per 60 minutes. So interesting. So Eulerich's and has flashed. He's shown signs. It's just a matter of, oh, just get that, just get that puck past him. They're not poor chances, and, you know, some of it's just spectacular saves, and it's frustrating and heartbreaking, so we'll see what happens. Um, another sad, sad statistic he does bring up also is uh, how many power plays has Eulerich been on this season? Only one, and only 10 seconds overall in the power play. Yikes. So, yeah, major, major stuff brought up. Um, wow. Major, major interesting information brought up there by uh, Pavel Burnett. So, again... I'd like to see. I can't. Dis, I can't disagree with it at all. I mean, Eulerickson that clearly shows the skill. Just a little bit of bad luck at the end of the day when it comes to scoring, and you're hoping and praying that at some point uh, Bruce Boudreau will put Eulerickson uh, on the power play at some point because I got to think he'll be called back up again. I think he's going to flash down there in Iowa. Of course, he's in Iowa now, so we can't put him on the power play tonight. Well, tonight they're not playing tonight, but. On Tuesday, unless we do call him up, maybe they're sending him down there for the All-Star break to get him going and keep him playing and such. But because he has played well, I don't know. Maybe he'll be down there for a couple weeks. But i got to think he'll be back up, and I want to see him on the power play. I I can't disagree with that. Obviously, Granlin deserves it, but then again, Granlin's been playing wing, not center most of the time. Uh, So, I don't know. 
I'd like to see Yul Erickson at center instead of Koivu on occasion during those power plays. Uh, that would be that would be wise. Of course, Stahl's on the power play all the time, too. It can't be just Koivu, Stahl, Koivu, Stahl. It should be maybe Koivu, Ek, or Stahl, Ek sometimes. I encourage that. Um, it's not about disrespecting the veteran. Give the young guy a chance to do something out there. even Or just put him at wing. I mean, put him at the wing. If you want to keep, if you got to keep Koivu or Stahl in there, put him at wing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. He's played a lot of time at wing, has Yul uh, Eriksson X. So, amazing uh, stuff to think about there. And thank you very much, Papa Bennett. Extending the show a little bit there and appreciate it big time. So, I already gave the shout-outs to the Facebook pages in both cases. My Facebook page and MNW Players' Facebook page. Let's talk about the Twitter, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. I want to thank Vince Germano and Hockey Podcasts for retweeting the show most recently. Also, I'm going to check and see if there's any tweets here, but also any tweets to uh, Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Uh, Sam Anas also got his 100th NHL point as he was, uh, as that was tweeted out by Iowa Wild. So there you go, the actual Iowa Wild Twitter. Thank you for that information. Very cool. Sam Anas was very happy about that. Thank you again uh, at Hockey Pod, or at NHL Podcast, pardon me, for the retweets. I love you. Very, very, very much appreciated. You guys are great for uh, doing that for me. Even, you know, so it, it only helps bring more listeners to the show, and it intrigues me also with other shows out there as well. Uh, gets me interested in, like, maybe Vegas Nights or, of course, the Fireside Chat for Calgary. Gotta love that show. Um, but that's pretty much the tweets right now. That's Twitter right now, at Brave the Wild. All this information will be in the show description. Other than that, we'll give you the uh, phone line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to the Brave the Wild podcast or your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. It's a three-minute limit because it is a voicemail. Same thing for the call no button on the Facebook page. It goes to the same number through Facebook Messenger, so it's free regardless where you're from. You don't have to worry about getting charged a cent regardless where you are. As long as you have data or a Wi-Fi connection, you're fine, ready to rock and roll. Um, and then the final route is audio submission. You use the free voice recorder on your, your smart device, whatever it is. If it's an iPad, a Samsung tab, a Samsung Galaxy phone, or iPhone, whatever the heck it is, LG, whatever, uh, Android, Apple, Windows. Treat it like a phone call. Keep it to about five minutes or so and email it. Of course, save it first. Email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. And I will upload it and convert it into an MP3 file if it isn't already uh, with Zombazar.com. And in it goes here in a potential third segment or just in the second segment with fan interaction, which is always greatly appreciated from anybody out there that would like to include themselves on the Brave the Wild show. Of course, you're welcome to tweet and comment to the Facebook pages mentioned and, of course, the Twitter account. Always greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance. One final thing, please give Brave the Wild a positive rating on iTunes. If you like the show, help me out a little bit. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, I believe I have a comment on here, too. Kurt Back says, Go Wild. Yep, Kurt Back out of White Bear Lake. That was on the Facebook page, so thank you for that. But, um, yes, please write a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher if you could. It only helps uh, make others out there attracted to the show that might be interested in listening to a Brave the Wild or a Minnesota Wild podcast, I should say. Greatly appreciated for those of you out there that would be willing to do that. Thanks in advance for that. So I'm going to give, I'm going to bid adieu 
for a week here. Of course, we're going to jump into the All-Star break, and we'll be reviewing two games, Columbus and the Vegas Golden Knights. Hopefully a sweep. Wouldn't that be great? A split's better than getting swept, though, I suppose, and that's probably what I'm thinking is going to happen. But, well, let's think positively. Let's sweep. Let's beat those Blue Jackets. Let's beat those Golden Knights. That would be great. So, with that, uh, enjoy yourself. If you don't want to watch the Ulster game, I don't blame you. But if you do, okay, cool. Other than that, stay warm, stay cool, whatever it is. It's warm right now, but it's going to dip down a bit, I think, in the next day or two. And, uh, well, if you watch the Pro Bowl, you watch the Pro Bowl as well. <laughs> Check out the Brave the Wild and, oh, obviously Brave the Wild. Tell your friends about the show. Check out the Timberwolves Explosion and Purple Mafia podcasts if you could. Purple Mafia is Minnesota Vikings. Timberwolves Explosion is Minnesota Timberwolves. Other than that, take care, and we'll be back in a week. Thank you.